Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, is my friend, professional better. You know him on gambling Twitter as so many sports and so many. We are heading to the game fours, the Colorado Avalanche and Edmonton Oilers. Not that competitive, but we do have a series brewing uh, between the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Rangers. The Lightning take game three in dramatic fashion. So that series is 2-1 to the Rangers. But let's start with Colorado and Edmonton because that's the first game that'll be on Monday, June the 6th. The Avalanche minus 130 on the road uh, in Edmonton. The Oilers plus 110. The over-under here is 7. The Oilers 20-1 to to come back and win the series down 3-0. Game three line was minus 125 for the Avs, plus 105 for the Oilers. And there's some stuff to unpack here. Uh, Nazim Kadri's out for the rest of the series and then some for the Avalanche and Evander Kane is suspended one game. Those two things are related. And the goaltending situation, Pavel Francois, uh, we thought he was going to be uh, a significant downgrade or at least a downgrade to Darcy Kemper, but he was, he's was he been really good, uh, Francois. And the Oilers are having trouble figuring him out, especially in tight. It seems like he's, he's doing a pretty good job controlling the chaos. You and I have both been on the Oilers on a game-to-game basis. We thought that they could at least make this a series. We're wrong so far, but are you just abandoning ship here, given that they're down 3-0, no Vander Kane, and the fact that Francois looks like he might be the goods? I, I wouldn't say that I'm abandoning ship yet, but um, like obviously this, the series is over. Edmonton is not going to win this series. But in terms of um, looking to play them game by game, it's a little bit tough here. So... You, you mentioned that, that the Oilers closed at plus 105 in game three, right? So when a team is down 0-2 and they're playing at home, um, that's usually historically a spot where you would bet them. Um, I thought that there was value on them in game three, and then obviously throughout the day, it got bet down all the way to where it closed at plus 105. So, so that wasn't surprising there. What we see now is the Avs are minus 120 to minus 125. So that premium that you had to pay on the Oilers late at the end of game three, or, or sorry, um, before game three started, that's gone now, right? Because the O2 spot is gone. So now you're looking at without that spot, are the Avalanche, if you want to bet the Avalanche, do you have to pay the premium for a team going for the sweep, which historically the market bets on a team going for the sweep? So I would expect the avalanche number to increase throughout the day tomorrow. So when you look at who's out, so Kadri has been historically has been a huge loss for the avalanche. Uh, We saw it last year in the Vegas series where his loss really, really hurt the avalanche there because he provides that that as second line scoring. In this scenario, um, I would expect... Rantanen to slot into the second line center spot. I think that that makes the most sense because the team has had trouble with the third line and getting some consistency there. So, so now that they have their players theoretically that they want slotted in in the third line, I don't think you really want to bring someone up from the third line to go play second line center. So getting Rantanen to the second line makes sense. So I think that negates a lot of historically the loss, what would impact uh, Kadri. 
Evander Kane is a huge loss for the Oilers. I think that that really hurts them in terms of in terms of their offensive production in a series where they're struggling to score a bit here. So I think that Kane's loss, just because of what the teams can do, I I, I would argue that Kane's loss is a bigger loss to the Oilers than it is for than Kadri's loss to the Avs. Um, in terms of goaltending, um, yeah, you're right. We were we were wrong about about Pavel. He's been he's been spectacular. I mean, really, like what what this series for me has come down to is that even though the Oilers, you could argue, were the better team in Game Three and they should have gotten a better result, the fact of the matter is is that whatever was ailing the Avalanche between their ears is gone now. They've exercised their demons. That was a game that they should have lost. And they battled through, gave a quick goal, got early power plays that they didn't score on. That that had all the makings of a prototypical um, Colorado loss in the past. So I give them credit. I think that looking at the number right now, I would I would say that Avalanche are a little short right now. So um, if you do like the Avalanche, um, you do want to move on them quick because they will take money throughout the day. And then if you like the Oilers, um, you can wait it out. So at this point, I'm leaning towards the Avalanche here. The over/under is pretty interesting here. The everyone was joking before game one because it was seven and a half. First time we saw that in twenty years in the uh, postseason, at least twenty years. Um, and then the teams respond by putting up fourteen goals, almost doubling it. Uh, so, and then so for game two, members of the media who are I'm not even going to name, but like members of the hockey media were, were making the hope you take the over jokes before the game even started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens, obviously. Game goes under pretty easily in a in a four nothing win for the Avalanche. Uh, game three, it, it gets adjusted again, and now we're looking for game four after two straight unders. This the seven is now juiced to the under. Yeah. So I think it's a decent opportunity to buy on on an over because I think w- what we're seeing out of the Oilers and and I I started to surmise this um, before game three is it might just behoove the Oilers to just open it up. You know, open it up. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Bet on yourself in another eight, six game because you have Connor McDavid, you have Leon Dreisaitl. Of course you don't have Vander Kane, but Zach Hyman can slot up. There's still enough depth there that uh, you can at least skate with this team. You have Connor McDavid for Christ's sake, and he's going to be playing a ton of minutes uh, on that note. I think McDavid player props are very live for this one. Cause he's going to be playing basically every other shift in a, your team's down three, nothing. You're, you got your back. So well, you're, you're going to let him empty the tank here to at least go out in a blaze of glory in his uh, historic postseason. Uh, but I think the over, because I think that it behooves the Oilers to open it up is, is live. Don't mind, you know, like the first period overs and just basically betting derivatives off, off of that as well. We, we did touch on French. So he's been great. Mike Smith, I think is in pretty good too. Uh, after game one, these losses are not his fault. He's catching a lot of flack, but I mean, there's nothing he could have done. I don't think, I mean, he, he wants that last goal back against uh, JT Comfer, but he was superb in, in uh, game two, kept the Oilers in it. Uh, and then he, I thought he was fine in game three. Uh, he makes one mistake. I mean, that's Mike Smith though. I do think that, you know, Franco at some point will start leaking some goals. He's not, he's not Igor Shesterkin or Andre Bezalevsky and Smith, you know, is, is, you know, Mike Smith. So the fact that this, this over is the over under has adjusted the other way uh, makes, makes it appealing to me to, to at least go the other way and, and back it over. Yeah, yeah, I think that like if like that's the um like I wouldn't I would agree with your angle there. I I I think at this point you're down three nothing. Like what, like obviously like trying to like tighten up the game is not working for you. So I like why not just like open it up. So I I don't disagree with that because um also like I mentioned I think in like the last part like I'm never gonna get 
um, eight goals in my hockey model. Like it's just, it's just not going to happen. So if you're betting the over, then there has to be more of like a kind of like a, like a, like a subjective logical angle there. And in this case, yeah, I would, I would agree with you that it doesn't matter. Like just, like just open it up. You're down three, nothing. Who cares yeah. at this point? Exactly. Uh, all right, let's move on to Rangers and Bolts. Uh, Tampa Bay with an impressive win at Amelie Arena in game three, come back from two nothing down to steal it. I should say come back from two nothing down to to win it and avoid the Rangers stealing it. Uh, they went three two with a last minute goal from Andre Palat off a just ridiculous, ridiculous pass from Nikita Kucherov. And, and uh, if people keep talking about that pass from Kucherov, the pass from Hedman to Kucherov at that moment of the game, you're going cross seam like yeah. that is so such a ballsy pass. That thing gets picked off. You're looking at an odd man rush the other way with a minute left. Good God. Um, but yeah, then the pass by Kucherov obviously is terrific. Uh, Andre Palat nets the winner. 3-2 win for the Bolts. They were minus 186 uh, to close for game three. They're around minus 170 right now for game four. Rangers plus 150. Over-under sticking at five and a half for now. The Bolts plus 120 now on this series. Money line. The Rangers minus 140. Before the series started, I had said, and, I, and I'm sticking to this, I think that you kind of flipped the script on what we saw from the Rangers against the Penguins and Hurricanes, where the, all the Rangers were trying to do in those two series were just hang around, hang around in every game, hang around in the series, even if they were down 3-1 in the Penguins series, even though they went down 2-0 in the 3-2 in the Hurricanes series. They just didn't want to be dealt the you know the death the death knell of going down three nil or uh, being eliminated. Obviously, they just needed to drag these series and each game out as long as possible, uh, and then they would have a chance. And then for this series, I thought the opposite was true, where all the advantages were with the Rangers early on. They were home for the first two games. The Lightning were coming off ten days of rest. The Rangers had a ton of momentum. Igor Shesterkin was in great form. Andre Vasilevsky obviously had to try to stay in form from an incredible series against the Panthers, but then he had 10 days off. And we know that goalies, you know, you throw them off their rhythm and it could take some time. So the Lightning getting this game, getting this to 2-1 is huge because it, it guarantees now a game five. And if they can win one of these next two, then you're talking about a game six. And they're kind of doing what the Rangers did to the Hurricanes or Penguins, which is just staying, staying alive, staying on the mat and, this team, they, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to put them away. They're the two time defending champs. And I think we've seen them. We started to see them trending up in this matchup. People keep talking about game three, but they found their game somewhere like maybe right after the halfway mark of game two. And they had a really good third period in game two. They just couldn't solve Shesterkin. Um, So the rust is gone. They look like they've found their legs and they've kind of found their rhythm a little bit. They're still down to one. The Rangers are more likely to win the series than not, but all of a sudden, the Lightning series line is is looking like a decent bet. Yeah, I think you nailed it. The rust started wearing off um, middle of uh, middle of game two. There, in terms of the line composition, we saw the Lightning close um, upwards of minus one eighty there, and similar to the Edmonton game, a lot of that you're you're paying the premium for the team down 0-2 at home, right? So. Um, if you're a value better, you would have played the Rangers in that spot. But of course, um, that's really tough to go against a home team in that in that situation. And you know that the market is like the money is going to come in on Tampa Bay, which which it did. So now looking at game four, we're a more a more reasonable line now. I think that the O2 premium is gone. But I thought that throughout this game, um, Tampa Bay was obviously the better team. I think that the right team won. I still think that there is a little bit of a premium on the line here. And of course, a lot of that has to do with, I mean, they're the champs and like 
they're at home and all that. So I think that um, this will be another game where from the side, I'll probably stay away from um, just because I do think that Tampa Bay, depending on where this line goes, I, I think that they're a little bit too expensive, but it's not enough for me to bet against them at this point. I do like the under in this game. I think that um, we're getting into the minus 115, minus 120 range on the on the under five and a half. And that's um, that's my high point now for this series. So I think that the under five and a half would be would be the way that I'd be looking here. Yeah, I think just talking about the total and, and let's talk about the goaltenders for a second. Igor Shosturkin was has been terrific the entire series um, and game three was probably his best game, even though he lost his three goals allowed on 51 shots. Two of the goals came on the power plays. The other one, like I said, was on an otherworldly play from Kucherov to Palat. On the other hand, Andre Vasilevsky struggled through those first two games. He had like something like an 855 save percentage, and he was really good in game two as well. Didn't let up a goal at five on five, two power play goals, one off uh, Mika Zibanejad one-timer and one off of Mika Zibanejad one-timer that turned into a rebound and Chris Kreider was there to score. The thing is, like, Shesterkin, it's hard to imagine Shesterkin playing any better than he played in game three. On the other hand, it does look like Vasilevsky is now rounding into form. So there's room yeah. for him to grow. Um, whereas, like, we've, we've probably, like, this is Shesterkin. He's at his peak. How long he could stay there? Who knows? He's one of the best goalies in the world. Um, but Vasilevsky is now climbing towards his peak, too. So I think the under here is definitely in play. I think if, if you want to bet this game to go to overtime, I think that is going to be a, a valuable bet as well because of the goaltending matchup, the way these two teams play, they're very, they're, they're close to mirror images of each other. I think, especially on the power play, the way that they try, they, like Panarin and Kucherov basically play the same role. Stamkos and Zibanejad play the same role, looking for the one-timer Fox and Hedman play the same role. Um, and then Perry and Kreider, very similar roles. So you can just see it being a rock fight. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's a terrible bet betting on it to go to overtime if you're into, into like those kind of props. Uh, but my favorite bet here is, is to back the Lightning to come back to win the series. They are the better team on paper. The goaltending should end up being a wash from this point on. You'd expect Vasilevsky to get to at least close to where Shesterkin is. And we haven't seen Igor relent at all since basically game five of the Penguin series. At some point, you'd have to imagine Vasilevsky will win a game over him. Uh, and that should not the series up. And, and like I said, I think if, as the longer the series goes, it benefits Tampa immensely because that rest angle will finally pay off. Right. Like we've talked, we talked about how the rest was, was not good for them in game one and for game two, but if it gets to six and seven, you're talking about a team that has played the maximum amount of games in the playoffs in the Rangers against a team that had a 10 day break before getting its legs back under them. So yeah, I don't mind the lightning uh, on the series line at all. Yeah, we saw the scenario with Vasilevsky in the uh, in the Toronto series as well, where it took him it took him a couple of games to kind of grow into that series, and of course in game six and seven he was unreal, right? So I think that the break off the uh, Florida series probably probably hurt him quite a bit. Um, going into the Florida series, obviously it was different because he was coming off a seven game series, so there was no there was no break there. So um, yeah, I you can see it in his play. I think that he's. Uh, we know we have count like how, how many years of um, data now where where we can see that he does have he does have another level and um, I think he's starting to round into form. I'm uh, trending uh, pretty pretty highly on um, on a uh, Tampa Bay as this series is progressing here. Just one other note too: uh, Ryan Strom left the game for the Rangers. It's not like he's a vital piece to the production for the team, but he is 
very important because he puts everybody else in the right role, right? Yeah. So it's similar to the Kane thing. If Ryan Strom is out for game four, it looks questionable at the moment, but at least you'd expect him not to be 100%. Then you're talking about, I mean, Barclay Goudreau was, was, was skating in his spot on the second line. He's a fourth line center. Um, exactly. yeah, because they're not going to want to similar to the to the avalanche, like you're not going to want to break up Hedl, Lafreniere, and uh, Kako the way they're going. So, if Strom is out, you know, if in terms of it's one of those situations we, we talked about this early on in the playoffs where if Ryan Strom is missing a game in the regular season, we don't really think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, but in the playoffs, it doesn't matter, uh, because it, it, it's it becomes a weak link sport, and all of a sudden, the Rangers, a team that was basically 100% healthy for the entire playoffs is having their first little bout with some injury stuff with him. And, and I mean, Goodrow also took a shot off his foot that he had previously injured. So he's not going to be hundred percent. All right. Uh, that'll about do it for this episode of line change. We will be back with you either on Wednesday morning. If there is a uh, game five between the Oilers and avalanche or Thursday morning, if there isn't, but until then, best of luck.